It was crazy. 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 It was crazy. I mean it. I'm in an AF I'm into AF AFL 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 now. AFL is way more entertaining than the NFL. I used to be like, oh yeah, whatever, the AFL. Don't care about that. Just AFL. I don't really care about it. Yeah, whatever. What what? What oh oh, oh my god, what happened? Oh my god, I never, ever, ever. That was some crazy shit. What the fuck? Oh my god, that was with the bulldogs, bulldogs versing the lions. Crazy, that last quarter was I haven't enjoyed AFL in years. I don't know how you did it. Like, you know, AFL, AFL reminds me of those cats trying to chase those bouncy balls and just toppling over each other. I can't wait. Pretty good. But more importantly with AFL, it's it's great, but there are certain things that I would like to discuss in today's topic. I begin today by acknowledging the Watamogotical people, traditional custodians of the land on which I stand today, and pay my respects to the elders past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples here today. Have we failed Australia's young generation of the deep embedded stru racial structures in today's society? In today's episode, I'll be talking about the historic injustice towards Indigenous Australians being controlled and confined into our white dominant space through the institution example of the AFL. There is no doubt there is a white Anglo dominant hegemony in Australia, but there is a sizable non Anglo population that also requires attention. Australia's is based off a fantasy of belongingness, as well as a controlled over a territorial space that is identified as an extension of selfhood. Uh, we grew here, you flew here, just a reminder of an example. Australia never engaged with the key issues of country's settler colonial legacy, thus being overlooked of claims for constitutional recognition and land rights for Indigenous people. We can also talk about Australia's multiculturalism re reacted over history, such as introducing the white Australian policy. We do not know it was the migration restriction aimed in particular non-white communities. It just shows proof that Australia public views tensions around planted from political historical injustice towards minorities. When the Europeans, and then followed by the First Fleet, invaded Australia, it was very noticeable that there were different territories, 500 nations. And they ignored the fact that there was a large population in the shoreline, but ignoring that, thinking there's a bigger population in the inner country and would impact. Of course, that didn't happen, because using the pursuit of knowledge as a cause, it was highly embedded with layers of imperial and colonial practices. 
It was eventually overrun by taking control of ownership of the environment by mapping lands and naming them. These are acts of whiteness. The Australian Indigenous people do not value land at the same as the settlers. Whites put uh, economic value, rather with the Indigenous people put a more of a spiritual value. So therefore, the settlers took what is, not but not, free for the taking, leading to a controlled and order creating a white dominant space. You would question if someone stole your food, money, and yes, your house. So why aren't we questioning the past? As it is clearly seen, the struggle of power will resolve with violence because colonized states like Australia were revisioned by creating and maintained the use of violence or the threat of violence. First, developing an inter- internal colonialism, an inequality scheme by denying and force of inter- segregation, politics of minorization and policing, internal and dom- domestic mode of control, while maintaining and ensuring white supremacy through the extraction and exploitation of natural resources. And it's there's a, still to this day example with Rio Tinto. By building a wealth in of imperial center, lead a formation of a divide occurred indigenous voices through the misrepresentation from the colonial gaze. Our perception, our perception of Aboriginality is formed from colonial construct, which is being taught to view them as the other, measured by color. There's no unfamiliarity by go back to your own country. But why are we still like that? Is it because the majority of the po- Australia's population is the aging population, and we're we, and they were educated and passed down by the false perceptions based on the minority? And are we at the stage that we are not educating, rather re-educating them? That's one example. The other is the process we've been brainwashed to see what is. What are the ways to see and how things should be seen? It's just plain arrogance. Also, the reason is people are afraid that what we worked for, example, for your 500k house, would be taken away. Um, this is this is not true. It is the point of recognition of the con- constitution. I don't even know the Australian laws because they kept adding them rather than updating them. The Indigenous people know the Constitution better than us average white Australians. Personally, I accept all and at the past I did have to re-educate myself from the past conceptions on Australians Indigenous people. They are the first people, I learn from it and I respect others. But some of you don't even notice it and won't accept it. Let me explain. In Tuxin Yang's 2012 Decolonization is Not a Metaphor, talks about how settlers moves to innocence. Settlers' perspective and world views gets to count as knowledge and research and how these perspectives are repackaged as data and findings are activated in other to rationalize and maintain unfair social structures. Seem, seems simple, right? As I explained earlier on, leading to the fact that settlers move to innocent are those strategies or positionings that attempt to relive the settlers of feeling of guilt or responsibility without giving up land or power or privilege without having to change much at all. I'll give you a clear example. 
the classic promotional pitches of redevelopment sites. They always slide the occasional proposed drawing concept of the Indigenous community engaged in the future sites, giving their perceived giving back to the community. And I'm talking about the proposed developments of the Blackwater uh, Bay precinct. It just exerts tokenism. You can throw all your money, but it's hard to come back from. Look, maybe they are being truthful or maybe they are not. I know I'm not holding my breath with this one because it's not the first time. This is a clear demonstration of white nation fantasy controlled space confined in a cookie cutter picture. Hopefully they do bring the historical significance to the area as it was a key creek source of the Australian indigenous people. Of the amount feeling guilty towards within Australia, there is a large amount who feel threatened by the collective experience of guilt from Europeans Australians treatment towards Indigenous Australians, ignoring what has been happening a long time. Which countless studies contribute that there's a solid barrier that the Indigenous people have to face every day of the unconscious negative bias leading that widespread racism which has became a precondition into everyday life and the sad things people accept it as the norm which I want to follow by by deeply talking about the historic moments that involve the differences of national identity with both negative and positive aspects. Of the amount feeling guilty growing within Australia, there is a large amount who feels threatened by the collective experience of guilt from European Australians, treatment towards Indigenous Australians. Ignoring what has been happening along this time, which countless studies contribute that there is a so solid barrier that Indigenous people have to face every day of the unconscious negative bias, leading to the widespread racism, which has become a precondition into everyday life and the sad things people accept it as the norm which I want to follow by, by deeply talking about the historic moments that involve the differences of national identity, both with negative and positive aspects. There are 25 million people living in Australia currently. Over 65% are British ascendants, 8.7 Irish, 3.8 Italian and Indigenous Australians are only 3%. That's a small Indigenous population compared to New Zealand's 5 million population, but 16.5 are Maori. Just reflects that there's a double standard deniers who wants to play the victim card rather than taking upon the act of re-educating themselves. Which I came across an article that radiates history repeating itself. It was discussing how Eddie Belts, an AFL player, uh, argues all Australians should join Taylor Walker on the journey of racism. Walker was suspended for six games and fined $20,000 after making a racist comment towards North Adelaide's Robbie Young back in July. Belts is an AFL player who just retired playing 350 games with 638 golds, oh my god, that's a lot, <laughs> and 17 years under his belt. <laughs> this guy is legend on the field, and I think he needs much more recognition of what he has achieved. 
Boltz34 used to play uh, used to play for the Adelaide Crows and was talking to the Fox Footy AFL 360 program, explaining it was tiring and draining having to talk about racism against the Indigenous people and Belts knowing Walker just hurts him more and begging Australia to listen in the sporting fields. The tiring and draining reminded what happened again when the BBC released a different article late last year with the Collingwood, the Magpies, getting sued as well as the AFL by the former player. Sorry if I mispronounced your name, Herentima Lumamba, calling out the culture of cinematic racism being excluded and teammates nicknamed him Chimp, failing the duty of care, not providing a safe environment. Reminded me of this moment. And there is a clear, uh, it's a clear certain distinction that knowing this moment with this example, that there is a failed system within the younger generation. May the 24th, 2013, Sydney Swans versus Collingwood. Oh my God, Collingwood. As Sydney Swans leading a 20 goal difference. It, it was a highlighted game of victory at the MCG. During this game, Adam Goods, also a legend on the field, walked past a Collingwood fan, a young girl aged 13. I want to point out, I was the same age as her. And so this girl decided to call him an ape. I don't know if you reminded this, but it was just a shock moment for me when I watched this on the news because it was infuriating. And I remember watching it and saying, good, she deserve it and cry off when you when she was getting escorted off the stadium. It really boiled my blood because I reminded this, uh, this girl the same age as me decided to call him that word. And... I, when I grow up, I accepted at times when my favorite team loses, I, when my favorite team loses, I have to accept that they don't win all the time. It's called, it's basic sportsmanship. Again, I was still the same age as her and even today, but during this time, even though I was not exposed enough about racism, I knew that that word should not be used. It was wrong. And if I was her parent, or even a parent, yes, she should be embarrassed. But more importantly, I would be embarrassed as a parent because I would failed as a parent to my child. Yes, she is a child, but an apology was far worse because her parents weren't even there to support her or even direct her to the right direction. The girl even admitted saying she didn't consider to be racist. Now, when you're a child and and your child your body automatically knows something doesn't turn out the way you wanted, you feel automatically better when you say a certain word. A certain word to people, you get a reaction. Feeling on top, putting people, other people down. It's a childish thing, name calling, but it was to the extreme. Don't say words you do not understand or know, don't know the concept behind. Secondly, this when I found this was very disturbing, the mother had no clue, saying she had no idea what she was saying. Well, who did she learn it from? You? Friends? Grandparents? Her brain hasn't fully developed. As much as she can act cool or unbothered, she's still developing, still growing. And during this time, I would have corrected her, explained, and re-educated her 
But nope, the mother had to say, if he, Adam Goods, hadn't carried on like a pork chop, it wouldn't have mattered. It actually does because you are a full middle-aged mother who doesn't know, doesn't think she did anything wrong. I understand she, the mother, was protecting her own daughter, but would it matter if I, would it matter to you if I compared or labeled you as a neo-Nazi? And the mother would have pretty much replied, "That's racist." Well, I would have replied back saying, "It doesn't matter. Get the drift." The mother and the daughter are only the few who got caught from this action of repeating the same racial structures since Invasion Day. In the sporting grounds, blood is pumping, cheering on the, on the sport. There's a clear moment of growth of increase of toxicity, from especially from rival fans, making racial attacks, especially towards Adam Goodge, which made him quit and boot off on his final game. And what am I reading about Collingwood Club is general in general is disgusting of of inbreed of toxicity of the white male fantasy which is continued through the club's president eddie mcguire which firstly i want to say fuck off eddie mcguire you know you piece of shit <laughs> he apologized to Go- goods about um the racial attacks from the fans but then jokes about it a week later saying goods should be in a king kong musical that's a load of shit Maguire, known for hosting the shit show Million, Millionaire Hot Seat, is planning to step down at the end of this year, but cl- obviously clearly clearly not wanting to pay that fine and running away obviously from his own problems. This is an example of passing the perceived false perceptions upon Indigenous people. If a club president doesn't clearly see the problem of the racial attacks, then wouldn't make much difference if your team representing your club apologized. If an old man is the past the point not re-educating himself, then then he we failed the younger generation watching their sporting idols on TV, repeating the same acts as the president did. So fans would follow too. We know as an outside people who are well known like Eddie McGuire can't put the effort in just spots like the true nature of the hypocritical roots of the club last year collingwood decided to take the knee before the game in support of black lives matter total bullshit and they got backlash too because they were known for a continued racist system or racial system deep embedded within the club throughout the past 30 years it's just that pure moment on pure moment more like toxic moment just just exerts obviously another example of tokenism this is the same club who's getting sued from a former team out being teammate which was him being called a chimp but didn't afl make policies in place with racism isn't there a rule specifically made from another racial attack from you guessed it collingwood to former St. Kilda player, Nikki Wunma, the rule, you know, a code of conduct, a respect code. So on Saturday the 17th, April 1993, St. Kilda was in Collingwood. Again, I, I swear to God, I really, I'm really disappointed. I, I'm just 
me know your thoughts about Collingwood, just personally. Collingwood home ground, the first thing. So St Kilda was first thing Collingwood on Collingwood's home ground. St Kilda won with a close call. After the game finished, Collingwood fans shouted racist comments to Wilma. In response, in response, he lifted his jersey and pointed at his skin, shouting back, I'm black and I'm proud to be black. The famous snapshot stands in history, highlighting how every Indigenous person should feel about their proud heritage. Delivering a, delivering a powerful message to see to be able to see Indigenous players are representing on screen. AFL has about 10% Indigenous players. And just to show what the younger generation gets excited about and seeing the idols, heroes, on screen. The Code of Conduct is Rule 30, a, a rule to combat racial and religious affiliation. No player shall act towards or speak to any other person in a manner or engage in any of other conduct which threatens, disparages, vilifies or insults another person on the basic of what the person's race, religion, colour, descended or national or ethnic origin. Very simple. Um, you know the code, so man up. The leadership didn't want the brand to be ruined or to be affected, so the board needs to set a new structural structural change. As I said, it's very clear of the very clear Anglo-dominant controlled space within the club. Now, I could go on and on, but the important fact is that there is a clear race, racism at the club and AFL in general, and the main issue it is putting harm to the First Nations and African players and setting a dangerous new norm out to the public. They are setting an awful example towards how things should be seen rather than have a positive aspect instead of a negative one. We're generally, we generally learn better who we admire and it's more impactful effect towards us rather than, rather than parents. That's my opinion, but it makes sense. But with certain players who you are setting a tone, is it... Is it but with the certain players who are setting a tone, it is okay to assault someone because judging based on their color. So do we? So how do we stop the cycle? Like Belt said, we should follow Walker. We don't want to be like Pauline Hansen, rejecting critical race studies in the curriculum. We should stand, start from their education, then TV, and grow from there. Make change. Sadly, during this time, media is not spot spotlighting. It rather than just focusing on the our equivalent to war, COVID, um, it's shadow banning this whole concept because I didn't even hear about this recently in back in July. Have we failed our younger ge- generation already with the embedded racial structure? In the past thirty years on TV, we have seen positive and negative impacts. Have the AFL failed the respect code, the code of conduct for its players? Have we failed our younger generation? Is it too late to re-educate? Thank you guys for listening to me on this episode. I learned so much from researching about this topic. I hope you learned from something from today's episode. And so again, thank you for listening and I hope you all have a nice day and stay safe.